Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Mindset Podcast, where we believe that in order to grow a successful business, you need just two things, the right marketing strategies and the right mindset. I am your host, Maria Benz, and I am the founder of MBM Agency, a digital marketing company who helps service-based businesses grow their revenue using online strategies. And I am here to share with you all of my tips and pointers every single week when it comes to digital marketing and business growth. Hey friends, can you believe that 2019 is almost over? I feel like the year went by so fast and I also feel like I say that like every single end of the year, but still, I feel like every year goes by faster and faster. But today I wanted to talk about my top lessons from 2019. 2019 was such a huge, huge year for my business. Um, If you know anything about me, you know that I've been in marketing for about five years. And I started freelancing on the side when I was still with my corporate job and then eventually was able to do this full time. I technically got started full time kind of halfway through 2018, but 2019 was the year where I was like, okay, I am turning this into a real agency, a real company. I started hiring on um, more team members and, you know, we just really, really grew like crazy. It's been a crazy year of growth for us. Um, It's been fun. It's been hard, (laughs) Um, but it's been good. And I'm excited to chat about my top lessons from 2019 because Like I said, it's been a pivotal year for us, and I would love to share with you what we learned because I think there's some pointers in here that may help you realize a few things to maybe not be so hard on yourself. Um, But quick side note, I do have my puppy with me in my office. Um, She is sleeping, but she sometimes makes like weird noises (laughs) when she sleeps, so... If you hear something in the background, it's probably her, not me. All right. But anyways, top lessons from 2019. I have four, maybe five that I'll include in here. But the very first thing is the first lesson is so I don't have to try to do it all myself and it's okay not to know it all and to hire someone that can help you right? By hiring on someone. So I hired, I made my first hire in January, 2019, and she started working for me in February, 2019. And if you have never hired anyone to work on your business, it is very, very scary. Like the very first time you hire someone, it's very scary because, you know, you have to pay someone. And a lot of times if your mindset is a little bit lacking. (laughs) That's not the right word. But like, if your mindset is maybe in scarcity or something like that, um, if you don't have like an abundant mindset, a lot of times, and even I was in this position at a point where hiring someone on sounds really scary because you do have to pay that person and you're like, oh my gosh, but what if I'm going to need that money? Um, You kind of start looking at yourself a little bit more differently, at your business a little bit more differently. You have a lot more responsibility because now not only are you um, relying on yourself to bring in a paycheck, but you also have to pay someone else. So there is a little bit of pressure in, um, in the beginning that comes with hiring people on. And it's scary, but you kind of just have to break the band-aid because 
once you make your first hire, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I not do this earlier? Because in 2018, I could have hired someone kind of towards the end of 2018, but I was scared. I was like, oh my gosh, but like I didn't have, you know, a good consistent monthly revenue. I had kind of one-off projects, but I was working myself to the bone trying to make this money. But after I hired someone on to help, I was able to take on even more projects because now I have a helping hand and I also had time to be more intentional for my own business, right? Because when I was in marketing, when I started freelancing, I was focusing on marketing and selling and doing website stuff and social media stuff for all of my clients. But at the end of the day, I was so tired to work on my own stuff. I did not have energy. And honestly, I did not have time to work on my own stuff. But as soon as I made my first hire, I was able to focus on things for MBM. And I did start, you know, with me just doing stuff for MBM and initially and eventually now I have my team more involved with doing stuff for MBM. Now, I know hiring your first person sounds really, really scary, but if you do feel scared, then I recommend just get a VA and hire someone for like five hours a week, right? Like, can you commit to five hours a week? That is not too bad, or even two hours per week. And, you know, make a list of things that you do that produce you money and other things that you could have someone else do and start taking that list and start giving it to a VA because there's a lot that people can do in five hours. Like there's a lot that someone can complete in five hours. And to you, what that, what is that going to be? 50, a hundred dollars per week where you can use that five hours. And instead of, you know, doing busy work, use that five hours to work on your business. Use those five hours to work on revenue driving tasks for your business. And trust me, you're going to see how beneficial it is that you're probably going to end up upping that person's hours or hiring a second person. Now, be thorough in your interview process um, and, you know, follow your gut. I think you can feel, you know, certain people and do your research. Like when I started hiring people, I did hire people off of Indeed. I've, I also hired people from mutual friends, but do your research on that person and, I mean, I don't know if this is like legal to say, but like, you know, know what type of person you want to work with, know what type of person would fit best in this role, because there's, you're going to find so many different people. Now, I was lucky enough that the very first person that I hired was like full into my business that like she was all in, she was ready to bounce ideas off with me. We were able to like brainstorm and think about like, how can we grow this business? And it felt like, okay, I'm not in it all by myself. Um, I have help who, like someone who truly, truly wants to see this business succeed because eventually it's going to, you know, benefit her as well. Um, but you know, sometimes you do make hires where it's just a job, but I definitely did my research to the type of people, especially in the beginning, my very first person, I was nervous of hiring, but you know, in my, in my application, I asked for their Instagram and their social media, and I did look through their social media. I wanted to see what type of person they are, um, what type of, you know, what kind of personality do they have, and I didn't do this, but I'm thinking that eventually I 
want to start maybe having people take like personality tests just to make sure that they are a good fit for the certain positions that we have in the certain and like you know that they're the right fit for our business but even if you hire someone to just help with admin stuff like oh my goodness I don't know how much I can repeat myself but it is so entirely helpful to do that. And then also as you're growing into your business, you might run into some problems. Like recently I ran into some technical problems, um, that I could not figure out. Like for the life of me, I was, I spent days trying to figure out. It was causing me so much stress, so much anxiety. I was like freaking out for days. You like, if you just, if you interacted with me during that time, you could probably feel my energy of like, oh my gosh, like I was not pleasant. Okay. Let's just say that because I was freaking out because we had a glitch happen on the back end of something and I like could not figure it out. And then by the end of it, I was like, why do, why don't I just hire someone on just to fix this one thing? Um, and I ended up reaching out to someone who was an expert in that and he had it fixed within a day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I would rather pay for someone to do, you know, something on the back end that's going to save you time because I wasted like three days trying to figure this out when I could have been working on other things in my business. I could have been working on other client projects. I could have been working on growing MBM or selling or things like that, but I didn't. I spent all my time trying to fix this problem that I knew nothing about and eventually did end up paying. But that's something too is like, it's okay to not know it all and it's okay to hire someone to help you because a lot of times if you hire an expert to help you, they'll do it a lot faster and a lot better than you ever can. And honestly, like what is your time worth? What is your time worth? Is it worth you spending three days trying to figure something out? No, it is absolutely not worth it. So um, in the beginning of the year, I was very, very just cautious with hiring people out. I was very, very nervous. Now towards the end of the year, we have a team of six, including me. And we have a couple other people that we work with as well. But now towards the end of the year, it's funny just to see the difference because now something comes up and I know it's going to be hectic and I know it's going to be crazy. Or maybe we have so much going on, but we had like a project come up for a client that needed to be done really fast. I am not scared to be like, okay, I'm going to hire someone out or, you know, give my team more hours. If they can't do it, I'm going to hire someone out for just this one project because it's worth it. I don't want to stress. I'm not going to stress about it. It's going to be done. Like it is worth it to hire out. That was like the biggest thing I learned in 2019. Hire people to help you because if you really want to grow and scale your business, you can't do it yourself. Like you can't do it yourself. You need support because you don't know it all. Anyways, the second thing that I learned is 2019 unfortunately, is balance is not real, but things can work in harmony. I feel like for a long time in 2019, I was trying to find balance. I was trying to find the perfect schedule that will include everything, that will include morning quiet time, that would include working out, that would include playing with my son, that would include working, working on MBM, working with clients, podcasting, cleaning the house, doing laundry, um, having date nights. Like I was trying to figure out the perfect schedule, but 
I don't think balance is real. (laughs) And I think that there's a season for everything. Some seasons we need to hustle hard to make sure that we're able to steer our business where it needs to go. But we can't stay in that season forever if we want to be successful. So for example, in the beginning of the year, I worked extremely, extremely hard. And I worked long, long days, like 12-hour days, because... I had a very, very hefty goal for 2019. And when I made that goal in January or really December of last of 2018, the goal that I made for myself in 2019 sounded audacious and sounded very, very scary. So I was like, I need to reach this goal. (laughs) So I worked so hard until it started to kind of seem like okay, this goal is going to be attainable. Um, I hustled hard and I don't regret it because I feel like I needed, I did what I needed to do to steer my business in the right direction, to steer this ship in the right direction. But if I stayed in that season forever, if I stayed in hustle mode forever, I don't think I would be successful because I would be so burnt out. And I did a podcast episode on this a few months ago about how to avoid burnout and entrepreneurship because gosh you guys I burnt out like crazy like two times this year it was bad um and I'm really proud of that episode it's it's one of my favorites that I've done so far so if you want to take a listen feel free to do so but gosh burnout is real and burnout is not fun I was like I wasn't creative anymore tasks took me like twice longer to do than they were before I feel like I just couldn't keep up with life I was so irritable in every direction and I it was not fun right and the reason that happened is because I was working 24 7 and I did not give myself rest um so the a little bit of balance that I found, or at least I guess the harmony kind of with doing everything is that there is a season for everything. There's going to be seasons where I'm working way more harder on my business, right? There's going to be seasons where maybe I'm spending more time with family and less on the business. Maybe there's going to be seasons where, you know, I'm focusing on batch recording a bunch of podcast episodes for the next couple of months so that, um, you know, the month later I can work on business. But, you know, like I feel like there's certain seasons for everything but the bit of balance that I have found that works for me is number one is taking weekends off because when I first started my business and especially in entrepreneurship if you own your own business if you have your own clients there is always something to do and it always feels like you just can't keep up because there's always something to do So I always was thinking to myself in the beginning of the year, like, okay, I'm just going to take this Saturday morning and I'm just going to work on some stuff um, just to catch up for the next week. But the next week came, you know, there was new things that I had to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, I didn't rest. And that's, I think, also what led to burnout is not taking weekends off. But halfway through the year, I started taking weekends off. Don't check my email. I'm barely on Instagram. Um, and it's just crazy (laughs) how that just helps so much. Like I completely try to disconnect from my business on the weekends and I come back on Monday refreshed and ready to work with new ideas. And you know what? Everything's fine. I'm everything 
like there's always going to be something to work on. So it's fine to take a break. And yeah, every so often you'll see me working on a Saturday, but it is not like what it used to be. Um, so that's something that I feel like kind of helps me feel like I'm balancing life, at least in general, and kind of my mental health, you know what I mean? Because when you work so hard, it's like, gosh, it's so exhausting. But so taking weekends off and then also having morning quiet time, I'm not, um, I am not disciplined in doing this every single morning. I'm trying to get better at it. And then I'll go also through seasons where I have quiet time every single morning or then I'll have it like every other day or I'll like skip a week or two. <laughs> but having morning quiet time has really helped kind of set the day. Um, I'll, you know, read a devotional, read the Bible, do like a grad- gratitude list and kind of write out, okay, these are my goals for the day, my business goals, my personal goals, kind of, you know, reflect back on the other day, kind of see what, you know, what can I do differently, things like that. The morning time, doing that, when I do do my quiet time in the morning, I definitely see a difference in my day. I typically feel like I'm more motivated, I have more energy, I feel more aligned, I understand what I have to do, um, versus when I kind of wake up, send Theo off to school, grab a cup of coffee, and just start working. Um, I can definitely see just like a difference in my mindset and my mental clarity. It's really interesting. So the third thing that I learned in business this year, which I feel like I'm like, gosh, I should have known, but for some reason it's like mind-blowing to me. But, okay, The third thing is clients have a timeline in each business. So when I first started my business, when I first started freelancing, I used to get so down on myself when my clients would not re-sign their contract. Like I felt like I did something wrong. Even though I knew I didn't, I felt like I did something bad. They were not happy with me. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, like why do they not re-sign their contracts? I, and I always thought it was my fault because I do have quite a few clients who have been with me over a year, but you know, there's a few clients that sign on with you for three, six, you know, nine, 12 months, and then they don't resign your contract. And I would literally get so, so down on myself. But then I hired a business coach earlier this year, and he said something that was so mind blowing to me for some reason. He said, every client has a timeline. And I thought, wait, so maybe I didn't do anything wrong? And he was explaining to me that every single business that, you know, has like a typical timeline and he was talking to me about like, okay, how can we double your timeline with the amount of time that your customers stay with me? And I was like, oh my gosh, like for some reason, I never thought about it that way. But for you, for you to know, like, isn't that good to know, like, okay, it's not me. There's a timeline for every customer in each business of how long they stay with you. And you come, you serve them, they receive, they get it, and then they move on, right? So like you did your part, they did their part, and everything's okay. But moving forward, um, something that we started to think about is, okay, can we predict how long a client will stay with us? And then also, can you brainstorm how you can extend your client's timeline of working with you? So this is something that I have learned. First is you need to outline to your clients why working long-term with you is actually more beneficial to them. So as you know, we have SEO, which is search engine optimization services in our business. 
And with search engine optimization, it is like, it's like an investment, right? The longer you invest into it, the better it's going to become. You're going to see better and better results. So I had to come up with a way to better explain to my clients why the longer they stay with us, the better results they will see. Yes, we have an initial startup SEO plan, um, and then if they choose, they can sign up monthly with us. But how can I explain to my clients the benefit of staying with us long-term, like 12 months, 24 months, you know, and have a continual month-to-month contract? How can I explain that to them, that it's going to benefit them more? You have to have them understand this, and you have to explain it in their terms, in their language. No marketing geeky language, right? Um, but for them to understand, like, okay, this, there's a reason to pay for this service over and over and over again. Now, another thing that I have found out is something that extends and kind of almost even doubles people's timelines with you is have automatic payments, right? So we have a few clients that we send out automatic invoices to their email, and we have a few clients that we charge automatically on a month-to-month basis. And looking at it, and I learned this also from the business coach that I hired earlier this year, and he said that the people who you charge automatically won't even realize that you're charging them. So they'll keep the service even longer because like he explained it, like if you have a gym membership, but maybe you haven't had, you haven't been to the gym in months, but you see the automatic payment, but they just take it out. You're already used to that payment coming out and you kind of don't even notice it. You're just like, okay with it being there. Or versus if you're paying for some sort of service And you get an invoice emailed to you every single month and you have to physically go and pay that invoice every single month. You feel paying that invoice, but you don't feel it when it's being automatically charged. So for us, we do have, you know, reoccurring monthly services that we are signing all our clients to go on automatic payments. But then for you, what can you do? Can you do the same thing if your clients are month to month with you? Can you just have them an automatic payment and just automatically charge their card every month. Maybe you can get people on a subscription service. Like if you're like maybe a massage salon, people can pay like 50 bucks per month and that is good for like one massage. They can come in whenever they want. You know what I mean? Like how can you get people to come on a reoccurring basis with you where you can charge them automatically? It's going to benefit you so much more. I've seen it. And I even have examples with certain clients that have stayed on way longer than some other people because we just charge them automatically. So it works. It works so good. So the fourth thing that I learned this year is that we have to consistently work on our mindset. So when I first got into the mindset journey, it was like July 2018 when I really like discovered this thought process And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a thing, right? Like change your mind, change your life. And I really worked on my mindset for the second half of 2018. And I think that's what really um, like accelerated our growth in 2019. But the funny thing is, so 2018, I was really working on my mindset and I was like, I'm good. I have my money mindset down. I see where... I had limited beliefs. I saw where I don't know I had the wrong beliefs about money, the wrong beliefs about success. Can you hear my puppy in the background? (laughs) 
anytime we touch her, she's like, mm. but you know, I was like, I was working on my money mindset. And once I had it, I thought I was good for life. But then, <laughs> but then 2019 hit and we were growing and we were growing very, very fast and which is good. But also with growth comes growing pains. And sometimes, you know, you have to take certain risks in your business. Sometimes you have to make certain decisions. And even when you're growing, things can feel scary sometimes. So I realized that we have to continually work on our mindset, especially in growing seasons or when we're ready to take risk because... Like, if we grew up with certain limiting beliefs, even if we worked on them really, really hard, who's to say they're not going to come up? Who's to say that you're going to see something or something's going to happen that's going to trigger feelings of fear or insecurity or scarcity, right? It happens every so often, so you really need to work on your mindset continually, especially if you're in entrepreneurship. I think that's why entrepreneurs are so into self-development because this is not an easy task, right? Like if you follow me on Instagram, if you follow other entrepreneurs on Instagram and maybe you're not in full-time entrepreneurship yourself, it looks very luxurious. Like we all work from home in our yoga pants. We're drinking our coffee at the coffee shop. We're working whenever we want. We have, I feel like, you know, bigger paychecks or bigger, you know, courses that we sell things like that so everyone's like it looks like a very luxurious life but when you're in business and when you don't have a weekly paycheck to depend on over and over again like if you're on salary you have a paycheck to depend on no matter what happens you know it's going to be there but in entrepreneurship like you have to depend on yourself, right? Depend on yourself, depend on God to guide you and lead you in the right direction. But there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of responsibility when there's nothing else to fall back on. Like it's all on you and it could be very, very scary. And it is very scary. So that's why I think entrepreneurs really need to work on self-development and growing themselves as a person and working on their mindset because what I had learned in my whole entire business journey thus far is that you can have the right plans in place but if your mindset is not good like you will not get anywhere okay and this is a common trend throughout anywhere like if you get any sort of book on a millionaire if you get any sort of book on money if you get any sort of book on entrepreneurship that deals with entrepreneurship on the inside you know what the number one common topic is that's mindset every single successful person i've ever spoken to that i've had on this podcast or that i've spoken to outside of this podcast What's the number one thing that they say they have to focus on? And what's the number one thing that they say that has made a huge difference in their business? Do you know what that is? It's mindset. There is something extremely powerful when you have the right mindset. When you believe in yourself. When you believe that something can happen for you. When you make a goal for yourself and you believe that it's going to happen. Because If you have a scarcity mindset and you're like, this isn't going to happen to me. This isn't, I don't deserve this. You're not going to see things into fruition because you're going to be blocking 
all of your opportunity coming your way. But if you're like, okay, I'm going to make 100K this year and I'm going to do it and you fully, fully believe that you can do it, you're going to do it. You know why? Because you're going to start looking for opportunities. You're going to be inviting opportunities into your life. You're going to be looking for those opportunities that will help you make that revenue. When certain projects come your way, you're not going to be fearful because they sound scary or they sound like maybe something you don't know. You're going to be like, yes, this is an opportunity to hit my goal. This is an opportunity to grow. It's crazy. Like I say this all the time and it probably sounds like very cliche, but literally change your mind and change your life. And if you haven't started working on mindset yet, gosh, what are you doing? You're going to stop what you're doing and do that before you kind of do anything because it is a huge factor in your growth in your business and as an entrepreneur. So these have been my major, major lessons in 2019. But I'm curious, so if you've been in business this year, what were your biggest lessons? I would love to hear from you. Send me an Instagram DM or screenshot this podcast episode, post it on your story and tag me in it. I want to see, I love hearing what other people have learned. I love hearing about people's journeys. I love this time of year because a lot of people are posting their stats for the year. What did they accomplish? What did they miss? Um, It's so interesting to see. I like geek out over all of that stuff just because I'm just so interested in everyone's business. I'm so interested in hearing how are people growing, kind of what are different things that they are doing to kind of even just get inspired myself or kind of take some tips and pointers for my clients. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast this year. It's crazy because a year ago I bought all my podcast equipment and I started pre-recording episodes for my launch in March of 2019. So it's just crazy to be here now a year later. And yeah. (laughs) Anyways, you guys, thanks so much for listening. I'll catch you next time. Hey friend, if you love this podcast, I wanted to invite you to join our Facebook community. Just type in the Marketing Mindset Community in the Facebook search bar and you'll find our Facebook group. This is a community for entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelancers who want to connect, collaborate, and grow their business or personal brands. If you've enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already and leave us a review with your main takeaways from this episode. But thanks again for joining me today and I will catch you next time on the Marketing Mindset Podcast.